This is a Radio.com original. So then immediately hopped into my mom's used 1979 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Brome with T-tops diesel. Oh, good. Diesel. Well, at least you couldn't speed. It had underdrive. (laughs) Yes. You knew a hill was coming. You had to plan your day. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It's a new Talking About Cars podcast where everybody has a car story. I'm Randy Cardoon, uh, who happens to say thank heaven for H&I, Heroes and Icons TV, although they air them at 3 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, the original TV run of the Green Hornet. You remember the Green Hornet? Van Williams, Bruce Lee, and of course, the stunning, which I completely forgot about, but the stunning Wendy Wagner. Sadly, all of them no longer with us. Still... I've DVR'd to watch for the first time since I was 12. I have not seen the show since I was 12. I saw the movie. Yeah, the movie was... Yeah, it was okay. But but this, this was Bruce freaking Lee. It's Kato. Yeah. Van Williams. Yep. And Wendy Wagner. Ooh la la. Remember, I have to look up Wendy Wagner. I don't even remember her. She was the secretary of the character that Van Williams played, Britt Reed. Right. Let's let me say, uh huh. Sadly, again, yeah. as I said, she's no longer with us. Anyway, and that, of course, is Hot Rod Bob Beck. Yes, By the I way, am. as I watched The Green Hornet and haven't seen it in billions of years, what was the TV show you grew up with that you haven't seen forever? And would like to see again 77 sunset strip wait a minute that was that also van williams hold on a second no 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 that was um ed burns yeah symbolist jr yeah um the the lucky guy that got to marry ann margaret okay uh roger smith and um gosh who else Efren Zimbalist, Roger Smith, Cookie Burns, Ed Burns. Uh, who was on Surfside 6? Who? Van Williams? Van Williams. Oh, okay. I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. Along with Troy Donahue. Yeah. Diane McBain, Lee Patterson. And, you know, I guess Surfside 6 and 77 Sunset Strip were like competing shows. Because if I remember well, were- right, weren't they the same or kind well, of show? They were yeah the same kind of show. One was based in Hawaii, one was in California, and they were on the same network. So occasionally the actors would go from one show to the other, depending on the case. Ah, I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I, all right. I pulled up Wendy Wendy Wagner. Yes. Yes. W e n d e. Correct. Okay. Married to James Mitchum for a while. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. And she passed away in 97 at a young age of 55. Yeah, that's sad. Was it cancer or something? Uh, I haven't gotten that far in her bio yet. but uh, The reason I'm bringing all this up 
Yes. Why? Randy is Randy is living through his childhood TV watching days. Oh. Is coming up on the show today. Yes. A child actor whose grandfather, oh. people of a certain age like us, like us, remember from the original Adams family. Remember John Aston? Oh yeah. John Aston's dad. For those of you and, and who's Sean Aston, that must mean you're like really young to be watching this show. Yeah, Sean Aston's dad. Uh, Carolyn Jones, uh, she mm -hmm. played Morticia, and Uncle Fester, Jackie Coogan. Yeah, that's it. We're talking to his grandson, also an actor, Adventures in Babysitting, all that. Mm -hmm. Keith Coogan joining us on the show. And yeah, he's got I, some interesting car stories. He's one of those guys where I never really noticed. Because yeah, he was a kid ahead. when he was acting. The interesting thing I noticed is I recognized him as a child actor. Yeah. And when I saw what he looked like now, I didn't necessarily recognize him. But I mean, that happens. Kids grow up and kids look different. So that's that's kind of so that'll be coming up uh, again in a little bit here, including um, he got a chance to drive in an actual TV oh. car. I won't say yeah. what till later, but TV car as an actor. So he wasn't good. just like at a car show. He sat in it. He was he was acting and yeah. he got to drive in it during a show yeah so that's coming up all right before keith comes on uh the big news around these parts the cars of the year yeah cars of the year that's a strange thing i mean every organization you know it's like it'd be like having the academy awards from five different academies well it kind of is like that, though. I mean, you've got the Academy Awards, you have the Oscars, you have the Critics' Choice the Awards. The Academy Awards is the Oscars. The Nickelodeon. Oh, is it? Okay, but yeah. there's the other one. Then what am I missing? There's the... Um, we don't do this often enough, do we? Right, uh, obviously. I'm... Yeah, the Emmys. Emmys. Okay, Emmys. The, the Emmys are TV. The Oscars right. are movie. We've got cards of the year from every different magazine... And every different organization. SAG after awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, that's the guys voting on themselves. That's self indulgence. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it's right. still it's we're, still we're, like we're, movie of the year, movie of the year, movie of the year. Yeah. Well, we can have the uh, podcast of the year awards, and we can be the recipients, and we can and the them. recipients that too. Yeah. So we could do that as well. So yeah. absolutely. So maybe we'll do that. Yes. We could. That, that could be good. Okay. And the amusing part was we kept finding out everybody seems to have a car of the year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking categories per se. I'm talking about everybody seemed to have a car of the year. So I found the North American Car and Truck Utility of the Year Awards, otherwise mm -hmm. known as NACTOY. N-A-C-T-O-Y. Nectoy, yes. No, not Nectoy. Nactoy. Like okay. Nick Wack, Patty, no. Nick Wack, Nack, Patty Nick Wack, Wack, give your dog a car of the year. Car of the year, yeah. Okay, and, and they are, and they are, <laughs> oh, no, no, not yet, Keith, stand by. Uh, it is the car of the year, the Hyundai Elantra. Oh, my mother yeah. will be thrilled with that. She has one. Not this ugly one, though. Not that one. One a few years older. But yeah. also the, let's see, 
big winners. So the pickup of the year, is that what it is? Yeah, pickup of the year. It is truck of the year. Truck of the year. The Ford F-150. Right. Nice truck. Yeah, it's not bad. Good point. Then, of course, there's the North American Utility Vehicle of the Year. Right. And that's one we've talked about here on the show. Which isn't even out yet. The 2021 Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. It's a mock. It's a I am not mocking you. It is the Mach-E. <laughs> it's a mockery. I do not mock. I, did, I do mock. not I do not mock. I expound. A, yes, you do. But it's a mockery of the name Mustang. It's a I am not mocking you. It is the mock E. <laughs> it's a mockery. I do not mock. I, did, I do not. I do not mock. <laughs> I expound. A, yes, you do. But it's a mockery of the name Mustang. Oh, mockery. M a c h e r y. Okay. Sounds the same. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then, and then you had the show, the car that won yeah. the Motor Trend Award. Yeah, I mean, this, how could this even? It's a, not even an American-made vehicle, and it's, you know, I mm-hmm. can understand North American to an extent because the Hyundai does produce the car here in the U.S. But right here for Motor Trend, it's a German car. It's a Mercedes. Really? Car of the year. Well, yeah, if you've got a budget of uh, more than we make combined a year, you can buy a Mercedes. Daimler Benz. Where do they make those? Germany. Germany. (laughs) It's made in Germany. So what you're saying is Motor Trend is now looking at German cars that aren't necessarily made in the States. An international market so they can get people to buy their magazine. Or make podcasters do really bad German impressions. We can do that and we can do it well. Very, mm. very good. Let's, Let's move try. on to our guest, shall we? Sounds good to me. <laughs> He's been patiently sitting by. He uh, is a guy, of course, who, child actor, started acting in McDonald's commercials at the age of five. And he's also uh, been in some interesting movies you may remember from the 80s. He's still acting to this day. He's the uh, grandson of Uncle Fester, the original Adams Family, Uncle Fester. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we will snap our fingers. We'll do the clapper. That's right. The clapper. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Keith Coogan. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Keith Coogan, joining us here on the Talking About Cars podcast. Oh, uh, the entire nice. apartment is circled with, oh, 80s memorabilia and stuff. So, really? Yeah. Not my movies, necessarily, but 80s. All good John Hughes movies. Uh, weird Science, Pretty in Pink. Uh, of course, Duran Duran, my wife's favorite band. And... Uh, <laughs> Fun, fun doodads. We love pop culture. And um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff up there. <laughs> like we were saying before, it's you know, Keith is actually an interesting guy from a car standpoint because he did something that many of us only dream about, Bob. What's he, that? he, of course, was the guy 
who actually <laughs> drove in one of the Knight Rider cars during an episode that he was a part of. Oh, even better. He was actually acting in a Knight Rider car. Really? How impressive is that? That is amazing. All right, let's start with that. Keith, give us an idea, a little bit of the background of how you got into the Knight Rider car. I had done uh, four episodes of Chips, uh, over, including the first season and the last episode ever aired. Different characters, mostly. But uh, one of the producers, I think, and the stunt coordinator, the, the vehicle coordinator, moved on to a certain Glenn A. Larson show called Knight Rider. Now, I got this Knight Rider, and it hadn't aired yet. Uh, and I was on episode three, A Good Day at White Rock. Um, and where I believe Michael goes on vacation to go rock climbing and confronts a motorcycle gang. Fantastic. Of course. Doesn't that uh, always happen on TV? They ran out of plot ideas on episode three of Night Rider. <laughs> that's what's really, I just, expect, that's like fourth season kind of crap. But anyway, so yes, the, now uh, the stunt coordinators, and I saw this on Chips, uh, and remember, they would do huge wrecks up on the 210 and then move to, you know, Hollywood and shoot some interiors or something. They'd do two big company moves a day on chips. So they'd have to bang out a huge stunt sequence with dozens of cars. And in the director's trailer or the production trailer, they would have Hot Wheels and Matchbook cars. Um, and they had a General Lee because they also worked on Dukes of Hazard. So they'd bring in a cop car or two from the General Lee set. They'd have, uh, you know, uh, they'd mark out everything and how they're going to do it on the freeway and flip this car or crash that car. Uh, <laughs> and they just do it like clockwork and then load all the cars up on a car carrier and move them halfway across town. So Knight Rider was, uh, all they had to really worry about was one car, nine copies of it. So fiberglass models that you could sail through the air that had nothing inside them. Um, you had ones that had to be towed. You had ones that a driver is the seat. He would sit in the seat with the, you know, with a kind of clear mesh and could look like he's, nobody's operating the vehicle. Um, and then they had interior cars and uh, cars you could beat with rubber, you know, crowbars and all the great special effects. Uh -huh. Um, and they murdered a car. Uh, they did a jump in the episode and it, the way it lands they cut right before it lands. And of course it's like a perfect landing, but this thing didn't make it. And they go, Oh yeah, they completely wrecked it. <laughs> you were how old then? Uh, 12. I want to say 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. Just loving it. I'd read about Knight Rider in sci-fi magazines and stuff about, you know, coming shows and I uh, was thrilled to be on it. Um, and uh, got uh, my, uh, a young artist uh, award for it kind of a mini version of the oscars uh and uh that of course i had done very important work um with you know jenna rollins and jane alexander and worked with you know henry fonda and done movies of the week and after school spent ray bradbury like scholastic and i win an award for my guest appearance on knight rider <laughs> that was like an mtv <laughs> thing but that wasn't it uh you're right and on that award day, if I'm not mistaken, your grandfather also won an award. Is that correct? He did. He, uh, that same year, uh, was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, he, at that awards show, the Youth and Film Awards, they had a Jackie Coogan Award they would give to 
producers that develop children's entertainment or people that had a huge impact on, on children. So they'd been giving away an award in his name for a while. And then they honored him one year. It was the same year I won mine. I'm sure there's no accident or coincidence in that oh. at all. Oh. So mm -hmm. I'm very proud. He's been honored. And, um, you know, he's running around telling all the kids to watch their money. And uh, I walk over <laughs> with mine and I'm, I'm just jubilant. And I go, look, Grandpa, you know, we both got, you know, awards. Mine's just like yours. And he goes, no. They're not. They're different. You won yours, and I earned mine. So that was that was okay. <laughs> So your grandfather was Debbie Downer, basically, is what you're talking about. Okay. Well, you know, he, he was dated at eight. Yes. He yes. Was definitely. <laughs> and again, for those who don't remember, Jackie Coogan was Uncle Fester in the old Adams Family show. And so he used to do all that stuff, and and well, and that's and his comeback because uh, he started in in uh, 1921, uh, co-starring in The Kid with Charlie Chaplin, and then uh, uh, grew up and married Betty Grable, uh, uh, lost his money to his parents, has a labor law named after him, entered the war, uh, flew glider pilots over Burma, um, came back, played heavies, and did television, and then made this comeback with uh adam's family so that you know i i know we're kind of moved on from the generation that remembers or, or yeah. sat in a theater and watched him in the kid um but that uncle fester adam's family just continues today uh films they're making a new series oh are they making I would love to yet play another uncle fester. he played uncle fester he was 50 years old when he yeah. played fester so i'll shave yeah yeah, yeah kind of what, to look Shoot at that. <laughs> I I think that wouldn't that be an interesting bit of casting though, cast his grandson as the updated Uncle Fester. Why not? Tim Burton's directing the show, and he was an animator on a Disney film. I did a voice on. I played the fox in the Fox and the Hound. So it would be a reuniting of me and Tim Burton. I'd play Fester again. So we're trying to hashtag Coogan as Fester. I, I'm just kidding, but it would be great. It would be great to have a chance to do that. Your agent is working on that for you, right? My, my agent? Your agent, my agent yeah. Called? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's right. Once again, that's how Hollywood works, ladies and gentlemen. His agent has to call, and then all sorts of wondrous things can happen. You were in Adventures of Babysitting. You were Adventures. Uh, you were Don't Tell. What is it? Don't Tell Mom. That the babysitter's dead, which means you, it sounds like you were pretty much the antithesis of any babysitter that ever wanted to come by and meet you. They just wanted to stay away because of all these shows you were on. And I oddly never babysat anybody. Um, <laughs> I should do a babysitting service now. Trust me, he's cooking yeah. with your children. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the commercial now. Of course, you had people babysitting you at one point, I'd imagine. Um. I mean, yes. not recently, but well, yeah, yeah I sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, not, I mean, my parents, my mom was very protective of me. So probably never left me with anybody. And then by the time I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, I just was left alone and could do whatever I wanted at home. And then, um, so yeah, the babysitter thing, uh, nah, I don't really, nah, I, I was already had, you know, earned a pension by the time I was like 12. So I didn't need a babysitter. <laughs> yeah well thanks, to your, thanks to your 
thanks to your grandfather, at least, you know, uh, he, he learned the hard way in a way. And then, of course, the whole industry changed things around. So and with legal situations and all that. So, you know, that, that in a, you in have a, a legacy states, in a few states. We'd love to see uh, uh, protections, labor protections and money protections, which is only 15 percent. That's not a lot. And we're only asking to limit them to like 10 hour days. That's cool. Right. Um, and they still got to go to school. That's it. That's all the thing is. And don't like murder the child on the set. Well, LA or California uh, has the Coogan Act. It's a California labor law. Oh. New York has a similar bill and Arizona, maybe New Mexico, some right to work states. Um, uh, and also some of those it's triggerable. So you have to actually make at least 5,000 before the Coogan protections kick in. So a kid that makes $4,500 on a job, it's not protected at all. Um, and then there are another 45 states that currently don't have any specific protection for children working in the entertainment industry. Um, and I know there's Atlanta has a lot of uh, uh, TV production and film production. Stranger Things is a show that shot in Atlanta. And I just want to make sure that Millie Bobby Brown gets her uh, 15%. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's that's a smart way to go. And uh, let's hope that happens. Just, do you know the phone numbers for all the attorneys general in all the states? That <laughs> would be, be flashing would these on a video version. Is that... Maybe like a Twitter handle. No. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> attorney general. Hashtag yeah. attorney general. Yes. Call now. And after all, they have nothing going on in Georgia right now. So what yeah. the hey? Just yeah, go ahead. That's a call. Right there. Yeah. I've got this build. Do you drink gin? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another bill, but that's another story. Yeah. Hey, so let's talk about how you learned to drive. Where, who, what was the family driving when you were growing up? How did you kind of learn to drive? Well, my family loved cars. My uh, great-grandfather, uh, uh, just ridiculous, a terrible driver, meaning the old uh, definition of terrible, like, oh my God, aggressive and fast and um, did die in a terrible car accident that oh. killed everybody in the car. But my grandfather, uh, he was, um, but they had a car dealership. So my grandfather, after making some success with the kid, had a car dealership on Santa Monica Boulevard and it was oh. a Rolls Royce dealership. They had a Duesenberg, Bentley, just you could see some photos online of the cars they sold and then they had a collection of cars uh at their it's mid wilshire uh it, their place was what is the parking lot of the vons right behind the wiltern theater and it was one of the first private homes in la with a swimming pool um and uh of course it's now you know underneath concrete but um so cars were always kind of a part you know and uh, but when uh, we, I was growing up in the 70s, it was very modest. My grandfather had like a hatchback. Um, and, you know, there were no, I think my dad had an El Camino, which I felt special there because there was like two or three of them in, in Malibu. Okay, Malibu, I did grow up in Malibu, the poor part of Malibu. But there yeah, were, you no know, it's a part. community of like 12,000 people. Um, so think small town everybody knows everybody's business you see everybody at the market that kind of a thing there's one road the pacific coast highway so you stand on one corner and the whole world passes you by um so cars so the driving became a big deal because we were malibu west which is an hour from the studios uh from burbank studios or nbc mm -hmm. or disney warner brothers an hour and it's a good 45 minutes to get into paramount 
maybe you could do, you know, um, MGM, what's now Sony Studios or 20th Century Fox in like 35 minutes. But you needed um, needed a car that could make it over the canyons, uh, Malibu Canyon, Canaan Canyon, uh, Decker, you know, uh, crazy driving. You spend a lot of time in, in the car in L.A. It's kind of becomes an outer shell of you. Uh, you have a Thomas guide on your seat. See, we had no maps in the 80s. So if you wanted to get from here <laughs> to there, you have to go, okay, page 46, A, C, mm-hmm. page 113, D, 4, and you'd have to find your route. I'm like, you're on the seam. I can't find your address. <laughs> uh, and you'd have two. You'd have like an older copy with notes and a newer copy with like new streets. And, oh, God. No so, um, driving then, right? <laughs> and kids have a different attitude about driving today. They don't get their license right away. We're obsessed with car culture in LA. So I needed my license the moment I turned 16. So I took the driving tests and all that stuff or driving uh, classes and the actual physical driving, like you could take you know, three hours or whatever in the car with the instructor, um, covered all that so that on my birthday, I could go right in the DMV and get my license. What'd you take your driver's test my, in? What'd you take huh? your driver's test in? What kind of oh, car? Oh yeah, I took my driver's test on, it was pouring in California, pouring. It was like four inches of rain in an hour. And so we pull out of the DMV and I said, I just scored hundred percent on my written. So the, the driving instructor is really relaxed and I'm like, I got this. So I did parallel park, no problem. We get, we pull out of the DMV in Santa Monica and I make a right and um, we go a little bit and immediately I get boxed in by somebody and a garbage truck pulls right out in front of us. And I look, pause a little, slow down, let the guy go, signal, change lanes, get around the garbage truck get back into the other lane and the guy goes go ahead and circle around you have demonstrated proper control of a motor vehicle because i just saved his ass's life and i did it smoothly and he goes you can drive so i i let the steering wheel slide between my fingers a little bit and that was two points for loss of control of the damn steering wheel and then when i signaled it didn't he didn't hear it click i didn't go click i just pushed it up halfway so that it engaged the signal but he didn't hear the it click on the column so i got another two points so i scored a 96 on my driving which qualifies you for a driving instructor in the state of california <laughs> um, so then immediately hopped into my mom's used 1979 oldsmobile cutlass supreme brome with t-tops diesel oh good diesel well at least you couldn't speed it had underdrive. <laughs> yes. You knew a hill was coming. You had to plan your day. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's interesting that you remember every single point deduction. I, I got to tell you, I can't remember what my point deductions were. Maybe I didn't have any. I don't remember. Bob, do you remember your point deductions? Oh, the problem I had with it is I, I put unleaded in it. Oh, that would do it. Yeah. A lot. Like I filled the tank. And then I tried to top it off with diesel and got, I don't know. It made it 26 miles before. It made it 26 miles. And I parked as a college at time. So I finished my classes, came out, and it wouldn't start. Wouldn't start. Glow, pl- nothing. And uh, I'm like, hey, put unleaded in this. Yeah. 
that was good, good stuff. Okay. It was the first year they did a diesel <clears throat> out of a V8 block converted into the diesel. Explosion, <laughs> yes. An eight-cylinder yes. explosion. Eight-cylinder explosion, indeed. Famous things to do with an Oldsmobile and General Motors car. Put a diesel in it. Yes. How to kill the well, diesel market. You have to think, now, this is a 1979. What's happening? Oh, Iraq, Iran, uh, lines at the Galt tank. You had to switch your plates alternate days. Yep. You had the even-numbered plates could go to the gas station. So gas was a shortage, and diesel was cheaper. My mom was so cheap. She spent God knows what on this car, um, ordered it like out of the I want T tops and this and a uh, uh, great car, automatic, you know, electric every seat and everything like that. And, um, you know, saving what, 20, 30 cents a gallon. But for a while there, I was getting cheaper gas. Hmm. Okay. Well, that was the problem. It took diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yes, it took diesel. Oh, man. So, when you were on chips, were you in the back of the squad car at any time, or was this uh, – how did that work? You did, they certainly didn't put you on the back of the motorcycle. I know that. Yeah. Well, I rode a mini bike on it. Um, that was a, uh, a, um, a Caitlyn Jenner episode. Uh, one of the first <laughs> season ones, I think I was just in a station wagon. The last season, we did a series of episodes called Brat Patrol and the return of the Brat Patrol. The last episode of Chips was the return of Brat Patrol. They're trying to spin it off into little mini explorer, mini Chips kids dressed as Chips. And, and Chips was never seen or heard from again. It was canceled after however many seasons. <laughs> I'm a show killer. So um, you killed Chips. All righty then. And in that, we did sports. We did basketball in one episode and we did track in the other. We had to wash the cruisers when we lost. Um, oh, yeah, we had to be good good losers and wash the other, the LAPD's cruisers. So we had some LAPD cruisers as well as some CHP, the bikes, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, 80s had a lot of vehicles. You had Riptide with the dang big pink helicopter, um, Dukes of Hazard, and, and, you know, Knight Rider, and you could go on and on. Magnum, um, uh, Airwolf, so many yeah. great shows with vehicles. Were you on those shows, uh, Airwolf or Magnum? Yeah. I, no, I, I did, was, was on my way up to go up for Magnum PI. We're in the car on the PCH. And it's to ride a horse like a kid. And I rode horses. All of my girlfriends had horses. They were all horse girls in Malibu. Lots of land. And um, I look down and I look at the cast on my arm for when I broke it skateboarding a week prior. And I'm like, I can't fly and I can't ride a horse and I can't lasso. And, I, and we had to pull over, call the agent, go, we forgot to tell you, he broke his arm last week and he can't, you know. So we turned around. I didn't audition for Magnum PI. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you can. You could do it again now that Magnum PI yeah. is back, although it would probably be a different role. But, you know, I'm just saying that's. Hollywood gives you second chances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, had, uh, of course, some classic vehicles. Um, Studebakers and Fords and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, we are other cars growing up. I learned on the, our Datsun 610 because my parents wanted me to learn. Wait, that might have been automatic. I think the 410, 400, Datsun 400 or 410. I don't remember. 
510 uh, maybe. It was a four. We had a four something. It was very boxy. Uh, four, yeah, it was a 411. Okay. About a I think I learned on that. I installed it on the PCH right at the signal with, you know, semis coming. And I was like, that's a quick way to learn how to uh, drive a clutch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My Trial parents always would put me, take me and throw me in the water. And they go, he'll learn to swim. They're like, yeah. he's got to learn. And if he doesn't. Uh... Then I drove a motorcycle. I'm sorry. I rode a motorcycle. Rode on purpose. Yes. I rode a motorcycle <laughs> from what kind of bike? 88 to 97. And then again for another couple of years and had a feeling one day. Too many close calls seen too many wrecks other wrecks with motorcyclists and said uh nah yeah just get rid of it so I'm good got rid of it. and lucky never had a problem yeah what were you riding uh when i was younger and had more larger gonads mm -hmm. i drove a honda shadow uh 800 um and then recently i was riding a rebel cute little 250 very nice. But I, I like I like that look. I like the chopper style rather than the other styles of bikes. I like the original shadow. The new shadows don't really look like that. And the um, the rebel's great. The rebel looks like the kind of bike, you know. You either lean into the handlebars, you stand up or you sit up straight, or you're leaning back on the handlebars. Yeah. So it's you're, all you're... about second gear on Sunset Boulevard near Carney's. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. comedy store. You want one hand on your throttle and that's it. And you're in second and you, that's it. You live there. Who needs to go faster than 35 miles an hour in LA anyway? Yeah. Now I want a chili dog. Yeah, I need to lean yeah. back. I need to lean back. Maybe not even touch the handlebars. I like to lean back, legs up and forward. And yeah, no leaning forward. Yeah. Unless you're doing 110, then lean forward. But not on sunset. No, that wouldn't work no. out at all. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So For a few feet maybe. Yeah, no, it's again, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking to Keith Coogan here on the, uh, on the uh, talking about cars podcast. Uh, Keith, thanks for joining us. You know, we're having some fun. What is in your garage right now? Oh, so exotic. Um, two cars, Honda CRV, workhorse, does everything. Um, it's my wife's uh, pink Mini Cooper convertible. Oh. with hello kitty stickers and <laughs> it is the most adorable car you've ever seen in your life it's the exact same car from um like dirty grandpa with um the one with zach uh what the hell's his name zach robert F. de niro and they have right. the pink convertible that they drive oh okay yeah it's basically that car it is so cute it's the same model of the car that they use i think it's the oh three ah Okay. Or 13, 13.03. My wife's not paying attention to me. Yeah, you're talking about her car. You ought to bring her in. Uh, so, okay. So you've got a pink car in your, in your garage. Curious of all the cars that you've had, what was, what was the car someday you would like to get back if you ever had a chance to get an old car back? The Beast. Beast. My black eight foot long bed, straight six, two wheel drive, Ford F-150. Oh. Um, that thing, uh, that was a monster, man. Uh, straight six, so it got 
I want to say it hit 26 miles to the gallon. Um, it had two 19-gallon tanks, so you could fill up 38 gallons of gas in this thing. And then the long bed, I threw a camper shell on it um, and speakers in the back, and this thing went to Tijuana and camping and whatnot. And I drove it in traffic, and my mom taught me how to gutter ball. So I would drive this thing like a 911 Porsche on the freeways or on the streets, and people hated me. Now, I was 19 driving this huge truck weaving in and out like a sports car one of the times i got pulled over was cutting off a corvette on the 10 and the cop goes did you even see the corvette i said no i didn't see the corvette (laughs) (laughs) i I don't drive fast i drive quick Uh there's no law about how as long as you don't lose traction there's no law, law about how quickly you get up to speed and lane changing as long as you're looking and signaling all that stuff and giving kind of distance that's pretty subjective so you just got to catch me I see. Now, 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 I do like to put miles on cars, um, hundreds of thousands of miles. It is not uncommon. I had a Nissan Sentra. I took 300,000 miles. Um, the, the Ford, 180,000. Uh, uh, we have an Echo that's got, I think, 200,000 on it. Um, oh, yeah, we have a, we have a great uh, Echo, too. <laughs> <laughs> you get your money's worth out of these things, don't you? Oh, yeah. I just... Dude, just change the oil religiously. <laughs> don't go, well, it's you don't drive that, but you can change it, you know, every other or whatever. No, just freaking do it. Do it every 3,000 miles, no questions asked. You change that oil. If the guy recommends something, you're, yeah, do it. I don't care. Well, I don't care. Just have him do it. Fix the damn car. <laughs> so, did you buy the truck new? And if so, why did you have it fit with all those gas tanks? Oh, it did buy it new off the lot and it had it. It had two tanks. It had an A tank and a B tank and it was a switch, um, a toggle switch. And you um, could freak out a date uh, by driving it along and all of a sudden, boom, you run out of gas. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold on. <laughs> Click. It's going again. Ah, the old, old run out of gas at the Malibu beach thing. Yeah. Now, not remembering whether you have gas in the other tank when you run out that's yeah that's although there is a downside to that i once thought that i would do that with my old 64 dodge like the one i had in high school and so i took a date to zuma and i drove into actually free zuma because at night that you can't get into the other one so i drove in and i said oh we'll just pull over here and i rode a little bit off to the sand and all of a sudden the car came in and went boom boom and i went uh this doesn't sound good and i tried to get out and the more that i tried to get out of course the more that the sand went all over the place and uh nothing nothing changes the date's direction like having the triple a come by of course bob you've never had that problem i'm sure oh no never at all not at once twice three i don't remember how many times I, yeah, you know, I, I I had some off-road excursions in housing tracks, kind of like, you know, the Fast and Furious type mess-ups. Really now? Yeah. So you would yeah. race around housing developments? Oh, yeah. yeah, there was nobody else there on the weekends. They didn't oh, work on the weekends. Ooh, I see. I see places then, where they were building houses. Right, you know, off off uh, Mal- off uh, Mulholland Drive when they were building up all that area. 
that was a fun place. Hills and and I only crushed the oil pan and ripped off a tire once or twice. Yeah, Keith. When we were when old guys <laughs> like us, you see, there weren't a lot of places built up back in our day. In fact, I remember taking that same Dodge uh, across Mulholland Drive. So you'd go up by Balboa and where 405 takes off. And I'd say, yeah, I hear this drives all the way to Valley Circle, which is all the way West San Fernando Valley. So I decided one day to see how far it goes. And can you take a car on one of those roads? And you can. And... <laughs> you're basically you're basically a, a milkshake by the time you're done because you know so many ruts and so many this and it was just basically a dirt road and let's just say it was an experience that you only want to do once the hollywood freeway hadn't been built past the ventura freeway when i was in high school and we'd go up there on the weekends and we'd have a great time except the problem was that it rained there would be pockets of puddles that were two and three feet deep lovely well yeah we we were with a volkswagen we were able to pick it up and get it out of the out of the holes but man we covered in mud keith you're, oh. you're gonna say mulholland uh is beautiful now it is the my favorite road in la for driving uh i will go out of my way to take mulholland um everybody else is either afraid of it or don't or oh traffic it Trust me, Mulholland. Mm -hmm. I had to make a commute from Burbank to Culver City. And I, really, there's no choice. Just get up there on Mulholland, have fun. Um, it, it banks and turns and, and you get a view over the Hollywood, then a view over the valley, then you can see both. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, I love riding my, my motorcycle on it, but, you know, even driving on it, even if there's traffic, it's, it's you know, you're sitting above L.A. like that. Yeah, I definitely love Mulholland. Keith, how's the pandemic been for you guys? I mean, a lot of actors have had trouble. There's they've shut down productions, all that. How has that affected you? Oh, I we uh, did get uh, stir crazy early uh, March, April, maybe, and did. Uh... Okay, so there's a secret uh, former child actor society. Uh, we support each other, and you know, kind of talk. And um, uh, well, we couldn't meet anymore because of pandemic, so we uh, started meeting online. This is, of course, a prelude to promote our web series, the uh, Quarantine Bunch. And you can tune in, and it's it's not it's anti comedy in a way. So if you're into things that kind of spiral out of the expected narrative, um, I think you'll love it. You got to hang in there. It pays off. It's very strange. It was it was. It's very, very funny. Um, and then I did a feature as well. And uh, um, I had done Jay and Silent Bob reboot and the documentary filmmaker on that, who did incredible documentaries recently, Amazon Prime pretty recently, uh, Dr. Josh Rausch. He directed a feature and boom, we got SAG and the thing. And, you know, I took three COVID tests uh, during it. And um, it was... Uh, challenging you have to run with a smaller crew and all of the layers and steps of COVID protection you get an extra crew member in a um covid sag you know screen actors guild specialist that's like there watching and you know making sure everything's being followed um we were lucky it was leonard malton's daughter so there you mm -hmm. go oh i love leonard um 
course, she, the masks were off. We're like, oh, I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it, was very, it, was, it was very good. I can't imagine how a crew of 80 people or 100 people are managing with this and handing off lights and props and getting close. And it's, it's tough. And I understand the call. Um, we are kind of on the Christmas hiatus break. But to push back the start of production a week or two, let things calm down in L.A., I've seen grips lose chunks of their hand and have to go to emergency. I've seen stunts go wrong. And you have to go to emergency. It's little things. And when you use a vehicle, oh my God, the things that can go wrong, um, it's just not worth the chance that, you know, forget about COVID. Screen Actors Guild has the most production, daily testing, temperature checks, mm-hmm. layers, uh, you know, a zone three, a zone two, and then finally down on the set near the performers. You know, it's like a close set as if they're filming a sex scene now. <laughs> only people that have to be on that set at the time and so um it's the most like like watched effort and careful i think industry that you could find so but i understand them taking a pause doesn't mean there's not production going on in other states and other areas and other counties that might you know have a little lesser of a problem right now um it's it's terrible it's devastating so in hollywood you know i we were wondering early on because during the summer, you're not expecting new TV and kind of the summer films have been canceled or pushed. So nothing really new is happening. And you go, when they come back, are they going to address it? Are they going to have characters wearing masks? Are, are they going to, some shows do, some shows don't. Some shows, it's a relief to just tune in and they're in a bar, they're at a club, they're at a restaurant and it's, you know, takes place before or they, you know, say it doesn't happen. So, you know, that, of course, for uh, and auditioning still auditioning it's now done here at home on you know the web you audition now virtually so there's no more casting offices um which is nice because the pressure to go in and there's the casting director and you know maybe the director and producer and an assistant and uh they're filming you and you know they're kind of like go entertain us let's see if you get this movie so it's nice to kind of record at home and try to you know, work on it a bit and do your best work. And then you hand them, here's, you know, my fifth take basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the, and uh, autograph conventions, of course, had been canceled and pushed. A few have tried, they, they found some safe ways to move forward. So we're going to move forward. Um, we'd pushed one last year. <laughs> and and um, that's one of the things we, uh, one of the reasons we got a hold of Keith was uh, due to David and everybody over at the Hollywood show who has yeah. uh, been a partner with us as far as uh, getting some really cool celebrities to join us and be on the show and talk about their car stories. And we look forward to Keith and a lot of other people being involved with that show whenever they can put it back together again. It's coming. Yeah, I think they're moving forward. It's just feeling it out here in LA and what they can do and how they can how they can move forward with that so um i know some shows are doing it outside um i know that you know selfies are tough to do and all that stuff but they're still uh fans still want to come and uh, celebrate their favorite media mm-hmm. and uh meet you know meet the creators behind it um so uh it's it'll be different you know, and eventually, uh, as things return, you know, it'll it'll kind of go back to someone goes, oh, you know, it's so crazy with conventions. And they went, um, when has a convention ever been normal? <laughs> you know, fan <laughs> conventions are fun. They're a riot. You always see crazy cosplay and and, uh, you know, people are kind of regressed to their childhood in a way. And maybe they get a little liquored up at night. Conventions are, um, 
you know, they're a blast. If you've never been to a fan convention of any sort, um, you absolutely have to give it a shot. So there's some coming up this year. Yeah. What what show did you watch a lot? Uh, I mean, obviously you were in Hollywood and, and started acting really at a young age, but the show you used to watch at home a bunch growing up, what was it that you remember oh, wow. your favorite? Well, um, that's interesting. Uh, I had a little nine inch black and white and would watch uh, Andy Griffith and Gilligan's Island. And, um, you know, there's a certain time of day they would move into other programming. Uh, I, Happy Days, of course, uh, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy. And I got to be on two out of three of those shows. Um, And I did, we did love, love boat and fantasy Island and, I was on those shows as well. So it was great to be on. We didn't really watch the Waltons. I want to confess. We weren't. <laughs> we're Malibu. Breaking Hollywood news. Folks. We're not watching the Waltons. So they're like, you want to do the eighth season? The Waltons were like, hey, I could be good for the resume. Uh-huh. And they were the most wonderful, loving, actual people with hearts that unlike Hollywood, you could ever possibly imagine. Yet doing this brutal weekly schedule to pump out 26 episodes a year of an hour long TV drama, period drama, costumes and cars, you know, the houses all shot. I can throw a rock and hit Burbank Studios from here. Um, You know, that mountain that looms behind Warner Brothers, that's Walton's Mountain on opening Mm -hmm. credits. You could, I think you can even see an antenna from Mount Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Oh, and we loved uh, Disney Sunday movie. I know Saturday Night Live. I was able to allow to watch that. My, my parents were subversives, hippies, uh, counter, anti, uh, counterculture, anti-establishment, anti-authority. Um, and so Saturday Night Live was kind of a must-watch. I could watch up until Mr. Bill, and then I had to go to bed. <laughs> Generally, my bedtime was 10 o'clock, but um, I could stay up to watch Towering Inferno if it was on or something like that. Hmm. Um you know, and then there was Grandpa was on TV, too. So, um, you know, they would have in L.A. for a while, they were running a Adams Family Marathon at Thanksgiving. And uh, after my grandfather passed in 1984, you know, we're missing him. And I remember about 88, 89, they were running the marathon. And we would just put the TV on in the other room and leave it playing. And then we could hear Grandpa's voice coming out of the other room every once in a while. So he could kind of be with us. It's a luxury our family has. I have footage of my great-grandfather, Jack Coogan Sr., in Fatty Arbuckle and, um, uh, oh gosh, who's the other guy? Fatty Arbuckle. Um, oh, uh, Buster Keaton shorts. Oh, yeah. There's two that are on YouTube right now. There's a, another one he did, I think, is Lost. Um, so he had done film work before. My grandfather, you know, had... My grandfather was still just on stage at this point on vaudeville uh and uh so yeah the the very skewed look at the world and entertainment it is a career uh it is um a career has you know there's a certain way to do it and you know there's a certain prerequisites and paying your dues and uh delivering good work and uh if you don't like it get out if you don't mm-hmm. love it or you don't enjoy it, go ahead and get out of L.A. and, you know, move on. It's an elective. Nobody's asking you to do this. 
I bitch and moan and whine and I, I got to audition. And my wife's like, you got to audition. You mean you get to audition for something. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> it, it, uh, if you can back off of all that, and the business part of it, just get to the pure thing and make yourself laugh. Maybe I like comedy, even if it's a drama scene, I'll try to make it funny somehow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it, it is continued. It's, it's the, it's the same. It's not the same. You know, I know so many things are different for the big, big stars um, where all of their big films have been canceled one after the other. Push this. Now different structure because there's not theatrical release. It's going to go straight to streaming and there's different, you know, kind of rates that go with that. And they have to work all that kind of stuff out. But it's changed. And um, I just love still doing it. So and uh, being if still having the SAG card in the agent and mm -hmm. uh and going up for stuff and working occasionally enough to uh i like to do two jobs a year and so far it's been worked out <laughs> yeah luckily yeah. so so another car question yeah top three cars on the keith coogan i want that car someday list oh my god well you got um <clears throat> Mustang anywhere between 64 and 85. Um, you got uh, a Porsche 911 SC Targa circa 88. Um, and you've got um, that old Ford F-150 long bed, <laughs> eight foot long bed, black with a camper shell. Yeah. Uh, you want oh that God. original one back? Uh, oh, uh now the transmission was pretty shot. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I sold it to a guy at a Chevron. I couldn't believe it. Like it's got this many miles. The things kind of slips here, and you might need to, you know, throw like eight hundred into the tranny. And and he's like, here, got cash, gave him the car. Missed it the moment I sold the car. I missed the damn thing. <laughs> wow. Oh, another fantasy vehicle. Um, God, I picked kind of some sport cars haven't i uh you know i the I, I did a movie in africa for disney the cheetah rated g kids with cheetahs and stuff like that and that's when i was introduced to the range rover and mm. uh, i would love a safari kitted range because you know how in la people can run around with the samurai suzuki samurais with nothing no cloth top just right. open and they leave it parked with open Mm -hmm. I want to do that with a Range Rover, kitted out like safari style, like they had in Kenya. Um, and uh, yeah, that would be, that would put to shame the, you know, SUVs and the, the H2s people are driving around. Uh, well, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Doc Tari all over again. By the way, that's, <laughs> an old, that's an old show that was done in Africa back in the 70s or so. So yeah, wow. All righty. Well, I like that idea, though. You know, that would yeah. be kind of be an in car, don't you think, Bob? You could park it up to a zombie vehicle, easy. Yeah. Hey, you know, Rovers have been making owners into mechanics for fifty plus years. <laughs> Absolutely, pretty crazy. Well, Keith, we appreciate the time, and you have some great car stories, and of course, uh, some great stories as well about your family. Hey, everybody, don't forget to listen, like, and share. Most important, subscribe to our audio podcast and the video production uh, podcast of our Two Tired Guys productions on YouTube. When you subscribe, you get notified when a new show comes up. 
and it helps all of us. Remember, when you subscribe, it helps us. When you subscribe, it helps you because you'll find out when all our new shows are coming up. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Randy. That's Bob. That's Keith. Having fun talking about cars. See you next time, everybody.